The college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. All righty, all uh, I can't talk. It's 740 in the morning. I haven't slept yet. Odds came out at 4 o'clock in the morning. I've been handicapped for the last three hours, so I cannot talk. But all right, already, welcome back to a brand new episode of the College Baseball Experience. I'm your host, Noah Beanick, a.k.a. 77NB. That is my Twitter tagline, the word 70, number 7NB. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to – I'm trying not to waste too much time, and we got to get right into these games because some of them – the first one starts at 9 p.m. or 9 a.m. Yeah, I can't talk because I'm just – uh haven't gotten any sleep but i mean uh just a quick recap of how we did yesterday on the pod uh the picks went four and three uh total i only added up what i tweeted out total i was five and four yesterday up uh just over two and a half units um yesterday on the pod we hit plus 155 on texas a&m's money line um and then charlotte minus money wake forest which we called that that was going to close way higher than that did. I think it was at like minus 180. Stanford closed at minus 190, but uh, Arizona had different ideas, different plans. And we hit that podcast parlay too. So actually we were five and three on the pod because uh, Kansas State and Wake Forest did come through at plus 152 for us there. Uh, the, the three losses, Stanford, Washington, Boston College, the five wins, Charlotte, Wake Forest, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, and then the parlay of Kansas State, Wake Forest. The one ad that I had yesterday was a total. It was Notre Dame, Wake Forest, over 12 and a half. They scored 12 runs, and we got screwed there. But uh, And then the picks page. I wanted to recap this and what my uh, record was. Uh, so far this week, 116 and 88. So that's pretty damn good. Uh, you can find this page for free, all of my picks. Uh, so it's all these picks that I give out on the pod here and then the mid-majors as well. Uh, you can find that at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash college baseball picks. Um, or you can go to the homepage on it, click on the MLB tab, and then the college baseball picks link is there. Or it's really cool. You can type in college baseball picks on Google, and it's one of the top links for you guys. Um, awesome. We have a couple of guys waiting in the chat. I'm recording this at 745 in the morning. Um, so at 726, Jordan Thackeray goes, Dallas Baptist, TCU, Southern Miss, plus 182 thoughts. Uh, appreciate the work, man. So Jordan will jump into uh, some of these games. I actually would leave Southern Miss out. Uh, just of those three, I kind of like them the least today. Uh, Sam T saying go blue. Um, so let's make some units. Yeah, like I, I got I got the Michigan hat sitting over here. I'll put it on when we're handicapping them and back. It's just Tigers. But uh, I'm wearing I'm rocking the Oakland uh, Oakland Grizzlies hat because our boys took down Wright State yesterday. The big bad Raiders in the Horizon League. They have ran that conference for the last I don't know five years. And I've got a couple of buddies on that OU team. I am pulling for them very hard uh, to get them into the ncaa tournament before some of my buddies graduate that would be super super cool uh lane elliott goes thought i was late but i'm not let's freaking go uh yeah man <laughs> just nuts DraftKings didn't post odds until 4 a.m legit it's insane um but maybe i'm more insane <laughs> uh lane elliott goes also a great game by wake yesterday that battled back after being down and held that lead even though nd had some runners on each inning 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I was not even expecting them to start Seth Keener, which actually that was even better for us there. But Notre Dame was they they were not going away at all. Um, and I talked about that yesterday. It was not your typical punt play because Notre Dame is trying to improve that NCAA tournament resume. They were on the bubble there. Um, but at the same time, uh, it was just way too cheap of a price on Wake Forest, uh, who's clearly the number one team in the country. And again, I think they're mispriced today. Just a sneak peek into the podcast. Um, and that's it for the live chat that was pre uh, commented. So let me jump into this. Let me tell you about Edge Boost one more time before we go, go into some of these games today. Um, Edge Boost is a, the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Similar to buy now, pay later programs, Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly statements. That's 0% interest. Simply deposit the funds right into your account and Edge Boost will match the deposit so you can double the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in advances. Yes, that's up to $2,500 extra that you can add to your bankroll. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. You must be 21 years or older to use this. Only valid in legal states for gambling. And then if you have a problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. This one starts at 9 o'clock a.m. in the American. Uh, welcome to the YouTube Live. Carson Bowser, he says, go Hogs, baby. Yeah, man. Uh, Arkansas is rolling right now. That's kind of one of the teams that I think has the best chance currently to win the College World Series. Uh, 9 a.m. in the American. East Carolina is minus 300 against South Florida. Plus 235. No confirmed pitching matchup here, but... Uh, after the Pirates have used Josh Groves, Trey Savage, Zach Root, and Cardi, Carter Spivey in bulk, I think that Garrett Saylor will make the start here after a short seven-pitch relief appearance against USF on Tuesday. He gave up three runs on three pitches, but uh, he did uh, pitch five innings of scoreless relief against the Bulls last Saturday. So he's pitched against USF uh, twice within the last week. Uh, Sailors 2-0 with a 4.54 ERA, 50 strikeouts, 7 walks in 41.2 innings. He's been stellar this year, and you know how it goes in the game of baseball. Uh, Sailor was great last Saturday. He was dominant. He only allowed three hits in five innings. Then on Tuesday, the Bulls make adjustments, and they blitz, they blitz Sailor in uh, however many pitches he pitched. He didn't even really... Uh, get out of the first inning that he threw. And then now it's Sailor's turn to tinker with his approach and attack these hitters and go deep into this game to help out this pitching staff that's endured three games in four days. This is South Florida's third game of the American tournament. So uh, it's an easy projection here after only throwing 18 pitches of relief on Tuesday. That's Nolan Huddy. Uh, the sophomore Southpaw is one in three with a 597 ERA, 31 strikeouts, nine walks in 31.2 innings and six starts this season. He started against ECU on Saturday and pitched six scoreless innings. In his Tuesday relief appearance, he gave up a two-run homer in his one inning. Uh, so I think that both pitchers, they're in the same spot here. They pitched great on Saturday against each other, against these two teams. Then they relieve on Tuesday, and they get hit around. Both of them, I think, should be able to make some good adjustments here, come back a little bit better. Uh, so I think they'll fare all right. 
The Pirates, they've averaged 8.3 runs in three games in Clearwater, South Florida, 13 and a half runs in two American Conference tournament games. So, I mean, you just can't bet East Carolina at minus 300 here, not even just put it in a parlay. Uh, the pick is South Florida plus 235, but I'm not going to touch it with actual money here. Uh, Shane Kenyon, welcome to the YouTube live chat. He goes, can I get a Big Ten and ACC Conference winner? Noah the DGen King LFG. Um, so the Big Ten Conference winner is going to be your Michigan Wolverines uh, right here with the hat on the bed. I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, actually, it's this game. Hold on. We are winning the whole damn thing in the Big Ten. It, it's just it's just the thing. We, we just hit really well in Omaha. I don't know what it is. I can't tell you what the pitching staff is going to do. I can't tell you who we're going to roll out on the mound, but I know that the offense is going to rake. <laughs> um, they did it last year. They lost the first game in pool play. They ran the table, uh, played as many games as possible with as little of a pitching staff they had. <clears throat> And they found themselves in the NCAA tournament. And I think they might be able to do it again this year. Maybe not. Probably not. But uh, Iowa's minus 180 against Michigan and plus 145 at 10 a.m. We have no confirmed pitchers here, but we haven't had a, like, we haven't had one for a single Michigan game. And even though they're my team, I have not been able to project a single starter correctly. And usually I have somewhat of a good idea and I've been completely honest. Uh, and I've, I've said that Kurt Barr could pitch like the last two times that I've had to project here. Like I said, he could pitch yesterday. He didn't throw Mitch Voigt through his first career start and actually did really well. Um, so I think that Barr still has a chance to start this game. Um, he's on 10 days rest. He last pitched last Tuesday's game against Xavier and I haven't heard of any injuries. So yeah, I think that Barr is bound to pitch this week. The freshman is one and one in six starts with a 437 ERA, 17 strikeouts, 19 walks and 22.2 innings pitched. My bigger question is the quality of rest from some of these top bullpen arms or lack thereof behind him. Um, and then for Iowa, Marcus Morgan and Brody Brecht have already started Big Ten tournament games. So uh, the three-headed dragon that leaves Ty Langenberg here to start this game, he would be on seven days rest. The junior right-handed pitcher is 5-3 and three with a 4.50 ERA, 71 strikeouts, 28 walks in 64 innings. Uh, Ty Langenberg has a 4.64 ERA in his last five starts, and the Hawkeyes are 3-2 and two in those two uh, five starts. So... I say all that to say who the fuck cares because go blue. The Wolverines are raking in Omaha right now. I'm not taking it, but Michigan's winning this game. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going back to the open hat because I I would actually much rather prefer Oakland to win uh, with all, all, the, all the buddies that I have on that team. Uh, at 10 a.m., Kansas State plus 155 in the Big 12 tournament against TCU minus 190. I have no listed pitchers here. Therefore, I project that Mason Buss uh, to start for the first time in 12 days after getting rocked by Oklahoma State for seven runs and 2.1 innings. Uh, Mason Buss is on Kansas State, but he has the third most starts uh, from the healthy uh, pitchers that the Cats have. So, uh, I think he. I think you're going to have to bring the freshman back into the limelight here uh, after be, not being pitched for two and a half weeks. Bus is four and three with a 378 ERA in six starts this season. 50 innings, 42 strikeouts, 18 walks. He's actually not that bad because 
I mentioned that he got rocked against Oklahoma State in his last start, but I mean, he had a 2.14 ERA in his previous uh, eight appearances before getting shit on by the Pokes. So it's actually not terrible. Pretty good, actually. Uh, is this a movie script ready to ready in the making, or is it a TCU team that's averaging 13.4 runs in five games played this season at Globe Life Park? That's just going to be an absolute buzzsaw waiting for uh, the freshman here. Uh, Sam Stoutenborough, who I project to start on Saturday for the Horn Frogs, he's a grad senior. It would he would be on full rest after starting last Saturday against Kansas State. He allowed just one run in 5.2 that day. Uh, Stoutenborough is three and zero on the year with a 4.25 ERA, 45 strikeouts, 14 walks in 48.2 innings. I think that TC's offense is just scorching hot, scorching hot, and it's hard to fade. But like I stated, Bus actually isn't too bad. I'm not going to force a play on TCU minus 190 here, but I do think that's who wins this game. So TCU minus 190, like uh, we mentioned in the chat, who who brought that up? It was Jordan uh, about TCU being in the parlay. It's not a bad look at all. I, I think that they do win this game because um, they are fa- facing a freshman pitcher who hasn't thrown in two and a half weeks, but at the same time, he actually hasn't pitched too bad this season. Um, again, I had – so I – I couldn't wait anymore. I had to handicap some of these games on loose leaf, uh, not part of my notebook paper because I didn't know how much space I was going to need when the odds came out, what I was going to want to talk about. So yeah, I, I didn't know what, what was going to happen. Uh, 10 AM in the uh, conference USA tournament, Charlotte is minus 165 against Middle Tennessee, plus 135. No listed pitchers here for this matchup, so I project that Miles Langhorn will start for the fighting clits. Yes, that's correct. We got a tweet about it, and that's just something that Colby's ran with forever on the college football, college basketball experience, so I figured that I'd crowbar it in yesterday, and then somebody tweeted out about it, uh, which means that, hey, we're growing the brand of the college experience through college baseball. Who would have thought? Because the college basketball show's freaking huge. The college football show's doing great, and we're we're the newest one of the branch. So, hey, I love it. Um, but anyways, Miles Langhorn for Charlotte appeared for 23 pitches in relief on Tuesday, but he should be good to go to get his sixth start of the year on Saturday. The redshirt freshman is one and two with a 6.55 ERA, 21 strikeouts, 16 walks in 22 innings pitched. Um, this is just Middle Tennessee's third game of the Conference USA tournament, so I project that their third most used starter, Patrick Johnson, will bump for the Blue Raiders uh, because he did start last Saturday and he would be on full rest here. The freshman right-hander is three and five and seven starts with a 4.85 ERA, 15 strikeouts, 11 walks in 42.2 innings. Last weekend, Johnson threw 3.2 against Charlotte and he surrendered three runs on three hits, two of them being home runs. I don't have much conviction behind the pick here, but at plus money, Middle Tennessee is not a bad play at all. Before we jump into the rest of the games on this slate, let me tell you about Shady Rays because SGPN is teaming up with them for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more shady rays has durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us that they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked if you love them or don't love them exchange them for a new pair 
or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. And remember, May is almost over, so make sure you take your receipt to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. All right, let's jump back into the rest of the games here. Moneyline Ed jumping in the chat good morning my friend <laughs> yeah damn stanford uh i mean that honestly it was the right handicap we bet stanford at minus 140 they had the best pitcher in the conference going it closed at minus 190 and quinn matthews just got blown up in three innings you can't you can't control that <laughs> um 10 a.m again a lot of these games are starting really really early the day because these are like the semifinal games in double elimination pools. So uh, the 10 a.m. starts. If the team that already has one loss wins, then they would come back and play. I checked it. It was around 4 a.m. Uh, or 4 a.m. Jeez, I cannot talk. I need to go to bed. But uh, I checked. They would be rescheduled to play a winner go home game at like 4 p.m. If you would like us to do like a live show around 3, 3.30 we could come back on here. Me, I could grab a guest and we could handicap these games right in front of you guys on live stream, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch. I think that would be kind of cool. And we can display on the screens, share our screen, like what we're looking at when handicapping all these games. Um, so let us know. I know it's the holiday weekend and I know it's right smack dab in the middle of the day, but Hey, uh, some of us don't have a life. <laughs> I know I don't. Uh, 10 a.m. Appalachian State plus 195 against Southern Miss minus 240. We have confirmed pitchers for this game. Pitching for App State will be Seth Whitley, and he is uh, he last pitched on May 14th on the year. The sophomore right-handed pitcher is 1-0 with a 12-10 ERA and nine appearances, only one start, eight strikeouts, 13 walks, and 9.2 innings. That's just a classic case of this is tournament postseason college baseball, and they have ran out of pitching, <laughs> running the table in the loser's bracket. Uh, for Southern Miss, they will counter with Matt Adams, who's 3-2 and two with a 4.75 ERA, 60 strikeouts, 20 walks, and 53 innings pitched. The junior right-handed pitcher has not been good uh, lately with a 9.67 ERA in his last four appearances of 9.1 innings total. Uh, my pick on this one is Southern Miss. Uh, but at minus 240, I just don't think you can bet it with, like I mentioned, Matt Adams. He has a 9.67 ERA in his last four appearances. That's just not backable. Uh, Justin Casey, he says, yes, please. And Jordan Thackeray, uh, that would be awesome. So, hey, I'll tell Colby, too, because he's back in America and he's not doing anything, but he said he's free. So I'll get Colby, and we might hit up a couple of guys in the space. We Because Colby's the entertainment, but he's still new to handicapping baseball. So as much as we're going through sharing screens on our computer, I think Colby's going to be picking up some tips on handicapping baseball from us as well. Cause a lot of times he goes on what I, what I say and just, uh, you know, he's, he's a really good handicapper in his own right at college football, college basketball. So he knows the trends and stuff and the rivalries and what spots are get ups and letdowns. And that's kind of his strategy on it. But I mean, 
I couldn't imagine Colby coming in and saying, hey, in his last four starts, he has a 320 ERA. He's doing really good. That would blow my mind if Colby ever did that. So, Colby, if you're watching, oh, man, if you could learn how to tally up an ERA over the last, I don't know, a month, that would be freaking awesome. You'd knock my socks off. Seriously. Um, at 11 a.m. in the A-Sun, uh, this this conference tournament bracket is madness, but I absolutely love it. So the top four teams from the regular season get put in the pool play against each other. So they play three games. They all improve their RPIs by playing really good teams. Um, and then the top three teams from that pool move on to the semifinals. And then the bottom four teams uh, play each other in a pool play and the, the only the first place team from that bottom pool gets to be put into the semifinals. Um, so it, it's actually really cool. Jacksonville State came out of that bottom pool. They're plus 140 against Florida Gulf Coast at minus 175. Here's the thing, though. So there's no listed pitchers here, um, but Jacksonville State pitched everybody they could in the three games in that, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but it's pool B where only one team comes out, whereas the other three teams in the semifinal, they know that, hey, there's a really good chance that we get out of our pool here. We don't need to throw all three of our weekend starters on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or actually I think this one was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They don't need to do that, but Jacksonville State did. So they're at a disadvantage here. Against Florida Gulf Coast, he did go three and uh I think they did go 3-0 and in that top pool to get to play Jacksonville State. So when you're talking about the Eagles as the best offense, one of the best offenses in the country, it's just an uphill climb for Jacksonville State. I think that they'll start – I think that the Gamecocks will start A.J. Causey, the sophomore right-handed pitcher, 3-2 and with a 420 ERA in 10 starts, 68 strikeouts, 19 walks in 55.2 innings. He's actually a really good option for the gauntlet that Jacksonville State just survived. And then I think that the Eagles will elect to start Justin Henschel, who's 6-2 and two on the year with a 520 ERA, 52 strikeouts, 29 walks, and 62.1 innings pitched. He's actually their best pitcher on the staff. Um, like I mentioned, this is a really, really good offensive team. Their pitching just kind of lacks. Um, but both offenses combined for 15 runs against these two starters when they first faced each other earlier this season. Um, Cansey gave up uh, seven, and Henschel allowed eight. FGCU, they have the number one scoring offense in the A-Sun, averaging 9.6 runs a game. Jacksonville State's fifth with 6.8. So I lean the Eagles here. Uh, however, I would love some chaos uh, with Jacksonville State winning. Then again, I like the best teams in the NCAA tournament, and Florida Gulf Coast has been really good all season long. They've been really consistent, so I'd like to see them in the NCAA tournament, preferably. 1 o'clock p.m. in the SEC tournament, Texas A&M is plus 125 on the money line against Arkansas, minus 155. So Dave Van Horn came out and said that Brady Tiger would make this start. So I'm pretty sure that he's going to be on a pitch limit. I would expect like 65 to 70 pitches. They only let Hagen Smith throw 75. So I don't think that uh, Tigert's going to throw too much. And then this game's going to turn into Johnny Holstaff. Uh, since Tigert's return from a UCL sprain, he has a 180 ERA in four starts. 10 total innings, uh, but 180 ERA. 
this will be AM's fifth game in Hoover this week. So an already unreliable staff is being stretched thinner than ever. And they've been stellar this week, though. And I project that Chris Cortez could attempt to keep that going. Cortez had a uh, last pitched on Thursday for 24 pitches in relief. But I think that he's going to be good to go if the sophomore right-hander starts this would be his seventh start of the year he has an era of 743 with a 3-0 record 35 strikeouts 38 walks and 36.1 innings pitched over the last month cortez has a 759 era i've already paid way too much on fading schloss and the aggies and hoover this week my pig's Arkansas, but I just can't bet against Texas A&M anymore. They've cost me too much money. We won on A&M yesterday, but I think I'm like one in three this week on them. So I don't know if I'm one in three with actual like money. I, I don't know if I've locked the other like their opponent in all three games that they've won. But we backed them against LSU. I don't know. I'm wasting too much time. We got to get this pot out. Uh, 1 p.m. Uh, in the ACC. So actually, this is another talking topic. Be a little bit cautious if you're putting on putting money on these ACC games today. I don't know how this is going to work. There's going to be rain all day in Durham, North Carolina. And they moved up both games to 1 p.m. That way they can both play at the same time and try to avoid the heavy stuff. It's going to be raining from like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. tonight. Uh, so it's going to be poor conditions. So, I mean, the overs for the ACC tournament just aren't going to be automatic today. Um, and also if you're betting these games, like just in general on the money line, I'm, I don't know the ruling for like certain the official, uh, what would happen, but if they play seven innings and one of these teams are losing, they honestly it's not going to be rescheduled and they come back out and they play tomorrow. I think that it's just going to be finished at where they're at. And then the championship game would be tomorrow if they're even able to play it because tomorrow it's supposed to rain all day. So just be aware a little bit on the ACC games, but I'm just letting you know, I'm betting both <laughs> Miami, Florida plus plus one twenty-five against wake forest minus one fifty-five. We don't have any listed pitchers for this game, so I project that Alejandro Rosario will get the ball for Miami. Rosario last pitched last Friday, so he would be on seven days rest here. The junior right-handed pitchers, three and six with an eight-year array. He has 81 strikeouts, 37 walks, and 63 innings pitched. The only run, uh, the only run he gave up, shit, that is uh, miswrote in my notes. He gave up two runs and four innings on March 26th against Wake Forest, but he has a 768 ERA in his last six starts. So not in great form, but he has done okay against Wake so far this year. In general, there's a pattern, though, in his game log, in uh, Rosario's game log. Uh, he has good starts against mid-majors on the midweeks, and then when he pitches against ACC teams, it's just not nearly as good. He has an 11-12 ERA against ACC teams. So 
actually Wake Forest was one of his better appearances in ACC play. Uh, I project that Wake Forest is going to start Josh Hartle on seven days rest. He has a nine and two record this year, 232 ERA, 106 strikeouts, 15 walks, and 81.1 innings pitched. This is an extremely disrespectful line on the Deeks here. Hammer it until it gets to minus 200 and then parlay it when it's there. Because if you're starting a guy with an 80 array against the best offense in the country, I think there's an issue here. <laughs> and this best offense in the country is starting a guy with a 232 ERA. 106 strikeouts, only 15 walks. It's just off. Uh, Lane Elliott goes, I listened to the Wake coach give an interview after the game, and they seem pretty ready to go. They would be probably the only ACC team I could get behind today with the weather. I agree, Lane, but sneak peek, I'm betting the other game too. Uh, 1 o'clock p.m., Houston minus 160 against Tulane, plus 130. No listed pitchers for this matchup, but I project that the Cougars will throw Malachi Lott, who last threw last Friday. And on the season, Lott is 0-4 with seven starts, 21 strikeouts, 14 walks in 23.2 innings. Lott has a 9.38 array in his last four appearances. For Tulane, it's only their third game this week, so I think that Billy Price will get their nod here. Uh, he started pretty much every weekend for them for the Green Wave, so I think he's going to be the third starter uh, for them in, here in this uh, American tournament. The grad senior, Southpaw, is 0-2 with a 6.29 ERA, 34.1 innings, 31 strikeouts, 13 walks, and he has an 8.60 ERA over the last month. Uh, you have to love an over here. But as for a side, I lean Houston, but I'm not going to bet it. Uh, 1 p.m., we have that other game that I was talking about that I'm going to bet in the ACC. Uh, North Carolina, minus 110 against Clemson, minus 120. We have pitchers listed for this game. Uh, towing the rubber for the Tar Heels will be Connor Bovair. He is 4-3 and three on the year with a 5-year array, 57 strikeouts, 22 walks uh, in 72 innings. And then bumping for the Tigers will be Caden Grice. And he's Clemson's ace, but he goes usually third in the rotation. That way he can hit and play the field during the whole weekend. Grice is 7-1 with a 3.18 ERA, 82 strikeouts, 31 walks in 62.1 innings pitched this season. These two pitchers started against each other last Saturday. Bovair pitched 3.2, and he only allowed one run on four hits. Grice pitched 7.1 innings and gave up one run on four hits. Clemson just swept UNC last weekend, and Eric Backich's Tigers have won 14 games in a row now. They're 21-3 and in their last 24 games. I know North Carolina's hot right now. They've won two ACC games in a row. They've won seven straight ACC tournament games back to last, dating back to last season. But that just doesn't justify uh, this game being priced at minus 110, minus 120. So give me Clemson here. Uh, Jordan Thackeray in the chat goes, DraftKings says NC and Clemson is at 5 p.m. But uh, go check that out because the weather, uh, because of the weather, the North Carolina Clemson games being played at the DBAT, which is where all these games have been played, the Durham Bulls Athletic Park. But Wake Forest and Miami is actually being played on North Carolina's campus. Both games are starting at 1 p.m. Uh, 1.30 p.m. in the Peg 12 tournament. This is under a roof. You know, they don't have to worry about these things, but they can't 
fill it for the lives. Uh, Oklahoma State is minus 120 against Texas Tech, minus 110. There are no listed pitchers for this game, so I project that Oklahoma State will start Brian Hendry since he last pitched on the 18th for just one inning. Hendry is 2-1 and one on, uh, with five starts this season. He has a 6.63 ERA through 16 appearances on the year, 51 strikeouts, 14 walks. Texas Tech started uh, – Sorry, Texas Tech scored three runs in 5.1 inning uh, again in 5.1 innings against Hendry earlier this season. Um, I projected that Trendon Paris would pitch last game for Tech, but he did not. So now I think that the sophomore right-handed pitcher is good to go on seven days rest here. Uh, Parrish is three and two with a six ERA. Uh, 50 strikeouts, 35 walks, and 57 innings pitched. Parrish allowed three runs on four hits in two innings in his first start against Oklahoma State, and he just hasn't been in good form recently with a 10.86 ERA in his last three appearances. I like the pokes in this game. Minus 120 is good enough if you like that one and want to bet it in the Big 12 tournament. Just know that there would be another game after that. Um, so... I mean, the strategy there is that, hey, like if Oklahoma State goes up big early, if they take like a four-run, five-run lead, which is what they did against Oklahoma State and what Texas did, uh, Texas Tech fell down against Oklahoma, Texas Tech's not going to throw in uh, pitchers that, you know, they rely on. They're going to say, hey, we're down four or five offense. Go, to try, go try and get us back in this game. But if not, no biggie. We've got one more tonight. Uh, so that's the strategy there. If you see live lines on that, and it's reasonable if Oklahoma State has a lead early on in this game, and this goes for any of those games in the morning, by the way. Live play on a minus 160 line when the team that has one loss is up three in the game. It's not a bad look at all because the other team without a loss, they're going to play to win one of the two games. So if that means holding back some reliable relievers in the first game to make sure they can go in the second game, that's what they'll probably do. 1.30 p.m. in the Conference USA Tournament, Western Kentucky, plus 190 against Dallas Baptist, minus 235. No listed pitchers for this game, and that's probably because the Hilltoppers are in trouble. They've ran out of guys to start. I think they'll give the ball to Jack Bennett, and they'll say, take us as far as you can. The freshman has only started two games this season. He has 24 appearances, but he's 0-3 with a 734 ERA, 37 strikeouts, 16 walks, and Bennett just threw 48 pitches on Wednesday and then eight more on Friday. Either way, I think he's their best option. If they start somebody else, I like it even more. Dallas Baptist enters this game. It's their third game of the week, which means that I think they'll go with their third starter, Zach Heaton. And he's going to be on full rest here because he last threw last Saturday. The redshirt senior is on uh, full rest. Like I mentioned, he's three and one with three sixty-seven ERA, forty-seven strikeouts, twenty-two walks in fifty-six point one innings, fourteen starts this season. I think that Dallas Baptist is a great parlay piece here, as DBU's staff has only surrendered a total of four runs in the two games they've played so far this tournament. So Dallas Baptist minus two thirty-five. I co-sign that as a parlay builder for uh, Saturday's action, at least early on in the day. Uh, 1.30 p.m. in the Sun Belt, the Fun Belt, Louisiana is plus 130 against Coastal Carolina, minus 160. 
No listed pitchers for this one, as I project that Blake Hammond could start for Louisiana. He last pitched on May 14th. Hammond is 3-3 three and three with a 378 ERA, 51 strikeouts, 21 walks in 50 innings pitched. This one seems a little fishy to me, a little weird. Why hasn't Hammond pitched in over a week when he has, you know, that's that's a good line uh, for a pitcher in the Sun Belt. So uh, there might be an injury that is here and I'm not aware of, but if he's fine, I think he's going to throw. And I think he should do fine. Uh, for Coastal, I think that Matthew Potok will take the mound. The sophomore is 3-3 three and three with a 675 ERA, 49 strikeouts, 14 walks in 44 innings, and 11 starts this season. Potok has a 10-50 ERA in his last six starts. This game is about to be very high scoring, which fits the characteristics of the Chanticleers' play style more than it does Louisiana's. So that's my pick there, Coastal Carolina. Minus 160 is a bit too high, though. If Hammond actually does get the start, because he act, he hasn't been bad at all this season. Uh, two o'clock p.m. in the Big Ten tournament, Nebraska is plus one ten against Maryland, minus one forty. Nebraska's pitching staff has looked amazing in Omaha. They've barely exhausted any relievers, especially after Will Wash's complete game shutout yesterday. I projected that Jackson Bennett would start for the Cornhuskers, but obviously he did not pitch yesterday. And now he's on full rest today, and I think he would get the ball here. But Brockett is 2-1 with a 419 ERA in six starts. He has 38.2 innings pitched this year, 34 strikeouts, 22 walks. Uh, he has a 13 ERA in his last five outings. So not great form recently. Uh, maybe that's why they didn't elect to throw him yesterday, but now I think they have to throw him today. For the Terps, it's only their third game in Omaha this week, and I project that Jason Savickle will get the start. He threw 20 pitches of relief in extra innings, uh, that thriller that Nebraska and Maryland played on Thursday night. But I think Savickle should be good to go. Uh, come Saturday, he's seven and five on the year with a 4.61 ERA, 82 strikeouts, 35 walks, and 84 innings. In this season, uh, Savicool has thrown seven innings against Nebraska, giving up five runs. Um, and then Savicool is also he he owns a 7.06 ERA in his last six appearances. Therefore, I'm calling for the Cornhusker upset here because they've been battling all week. They've got a great fan base out there with them, and I would. I would love to see them force uh, a game seven here in this pool, uh, the bottom half of the Big Ten bracket. But I'm not going to bet it at plus 110. Uh, it, after all, it is Maryland, and they're one of the better offenses in the Big Ten. And it's it's a tough back when they're when Nebraska in their own right is pitching Beckett, who has a Brockett, who has a 13 ERA over his last five outings. So I'm rooting for Nebraska here to force some chaos in Omaha. Maybe we get a game ending at 2 a.m. out there tonight. But uh, as of now, I'm going to pass. But plus 110 on Nebraska is the pick for that game. 3 p.m. in the ASUN tournament, we go back uh, there. <clears throat> Liberty is minus 115. Lipscomb is minus 115. No listed pitchers here for this game, but I project that ASUN all-conference starter Garrett Horn will get the ball on seven days rest for Liberty. The sophomore southpaw is the sophomore can't talk. The sophomore southpaw is five and four with a 3.44 ERA, 86 strikeouts, 42 walks in 65.1 innings. 
for the Bison, I think that Braden Tucker will get the nod. The grad senior is uh, a right-handed pitcher. He's 3-0 with a 2.98 ERA, 46 strikeouts, 12 walks in 45.1 innings. We have an ace versus ace battle here, and I think both should pitch pretty well. Tucker threw five shutout innings, only one hit allowed in his first start against the Flames, and Horn threw four innings, only two runs allowed. Uh, I slightly lean to Lipscomb here, but this is going to be a great game. So if you have nothing on, which I'm sure there's plenty of games on and you don't have enough TVs for today, uh, this would be a, a nice secondary TV game. Switching hats for the back end of the last half of this podcast. Uh, we got two more games. 5 o'clock p.m. in the SEC tournament. Vanderbilt is plus one, 105 on the money line. Florida is minus 135. And because of some injuries to Vandy's pitching staff, we don't have any pitchers announced yet. But I had to go down the depth chart a little bit here to project that Ryan Ginther could get the start here against Florida. Ginther last appeared on Saturday for 69 pitches. So he'll be on full rest. The South South. I, I cannot say that phrase. I don't know why I wrote it down so many times today, but the sophomore Southpaw is two and oh with a three Oh three ERA 34 strikeouts, 12 walks in 32.2 innings pitched two weeks ago. Ginther appeared against Florida twice and he allowed two runs in the three innings over the weekend. Um, and I would like to wish a happy Jack Caglione day to those who celebrate uh, the two-way star should start here. And I'm fairly certain that it'll happen. Cags is two and oh, or two and oh. Cags is six and two with a 396 ERA, 71 strikeouts, 44 walks in 61.1 innings pitched this season. Two weeks ago, Jack Caglione pitched against Vandy, 6.2 innings, only one run. He had nine punches with one walk and one hit allowed. I like the Gators here at minus 135 quite a bit. Then the last game on our slate is at 10 p.m. Arizona minus 115 against Oregon minus 115. This is a straight-up toss-up from the books here. No pitchers listed for this game, but I highly recommend the over 62.5 or what it's, whatever it's going to be set at here because the balls are flying out like crazy in Scottsdale. It's an absolute launch pad like we mentioned before the tournament. Um, but the Wildcats, they're averaging 13 runs scored per game in Scottsdale and Oregon is just under eight runs a game. Neither of them will have any sort of quality starter pitching at the beginning of this game. And if they do have a quality starter, he will be not on adequate rest Uh, for Arizona. I project that TJ Nichols will get the nod. He's three and five with an eight Oh eight ERA 50 strikeouts, 27 walks in 55.2 innings pitched. Nichols has an 18 ERA in his last three appearances. As for Oregon, I project that Leo Yulman will get the ball. He's a freshman. He's 3-4 and four on the year with a 743 ERA, 34 strikeouts, 28 walks, and 46 innings. He, too, is in terrible form with a 1929 ERA in his last three appearances. However, earlier this season, he pitched against Arizona, and he had 4.1 innings, allowing just one run on three hits. Uh, as for this game, I don't think that matters. The Wildcats lineup is just so hot right now compared to the, where they were uh, in the middle of the season. They started off good, uh, then they went cold. Now they're hot again, it looks like, in Scottsdale. They just scorched Quinn Matthews, the conference's best, best pitcher, for nine runs and three innings. Arizona minus, one, minus 115 is the pick for me here. When pitchers come out, and it could possibly be Yulman and... 
if it's Nichols or they if Arizona tries to force a better starter out of their uh out of their hand or out of their pen with less rest than they should, I'd probably end up betting Arizona minus 115 here. So that's gonna do it for the pod. Um, and like I mentioned, so at the end of the day, there's not gonna be just two games at 5 p.m. or later. There's gonna be plenty. Uh a lot of these games are uh, double elimination scenarios. So if the team with one loss wins against the team without a loss, then they will just run it back in the nightcap. So <clears throat> we won't have this uh, empty window from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. without any games. So if you guys would like, we will do a live show handicapping some of those games that will start from anywhere from 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. Uh, we'll we'll do a show around like three o'clock, three thirty. That's if I wake up on time, because I'm gonna go to bed here. I'm gonna hit the hay. Um, but I I will hit up Colby and I'll hit up a couple other guys in the space if they want to jump on and just do some live handicapping. And we'll probably have uh, the two ACC games on during that time. We'll probably have uh, Arkansas, Texas A&M on during that time, and we'll just watch some games live, handicap some games live. If that sounds cool, uh, tweet at us, let us know. And uh, yeah, but before I head out here, my card, first off, my edge boost double down play of the day is Wake Forest minus 155 on the money line. Miami is going to, like at least I project that Miami has to pitch a guy with an eight ERA against Josh Hartle and the, one of the best offenses in the freaking country. You just this line's not not priced correctly. It's at minus one fifty five currently. This is going to close around minus one eighty five. The only nerve I have about this game is the rain. Like if Miami takes an early lead, which I don't really expect them to. I expect Wake to score early and often. Um, the only nervous part about it I have in general is just if Wake is losing at some point during this game and it gets just postponed, ultimately it might even get canceled. <clears throat> and then that's how we lose the bet. Otherwise, I'd be very, very surprised if Wake Forest loses to Miami because I just haven't really been too impressed with Miami this season. Um, the other straights that I'm playing here are minus 120 on Clemson's money line. Uh, with Caden Grice on the mound against North Carolina. Um, minus 120 isn't really a correct price there either, in my opinion, with how hot Clemson's been. They just swept North Carolina over the weekend. I don't know why these teams are basically being priced at a heads-up. It doesn't make sense. Um, then at minus 135, I'm taking Florida's money line against Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt is just a little bit too banged up in that pitching staff. Um, I think the best guy that they have to throw here is Ryan Ginther, and it would just be his, uh, what, <clears throat> third start of the season. So, yeah, I, I like Florida at minus 135 there. I think it's a fair price. I don't think it's mispriced by any means. Vanderbilt's still a very quality team, and they jumped all over Alabama yesterday in the first inning. Um, but Florida minus 135 is the last straight play here for me in the early part of the day with all these opening lines. Then the parlay pieces, I only have two parlay pieces today that I really loved. Miami, or yeah, we're fading Miami with Wake Forest minus 155. Like I mentioned, Josh Hartle on the mound against a guy with an AD array. 
Wake Forest has one of the best offenses in the country. And then also the other leg there is Dallas Baptist. Um, this thing comes out the plus 134. So uh, Wake Forest and Dallas Baptist is the podcast parlay for me here today. Follow me on Twitter. I'll be interacting when I wake up. Um, and hit us up if you want us to do that live show during the day. Uh, my Twitter is at 77NB, the word 70, the number 7NB. Hit up the show. The show is The College Experience on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. Um, download the pod. Uh, leave a like, rating, review, subscribe on either YouTube or the podcast platform that you're listening to. We really appreciate you listening here on the holiday weekend. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I got nothing else to plug. I just have to get this pod up here in the next 20 minutes. So thank you all for listening. And actually, we had a great audience here live today, too, this morning. Uh, thank you all for tuning in on a holiday weekend, like I mentioned. Um, you've been experiencing the better side of college baseball with the college baseball experience. Adios, amigos. <laughs>